0: In the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Here to give us details on that where the Ravens sit at 2 and 1 at this juncture of the season is Jonas Schaefer. He covers them for the Baltimore Sun. Jonas Jordy Mack here. Uh, I'm taking it you'd never seen anything like that before, right?
2: Uh, no, you don't often see 66-yard field goals at the buzzer to win and destroy it against a kind of otherwise hapless Lions team. But, you know, it's kind of becoming par for the course right now. I mean, I think everyone listening probably remembers what happened in week one. Everyone happens what, remembers what happened in week two with this Ravens team. So, I mean, you know, you spend a couple seasons on the beat. You get used to this Ravens team just kind of sitting on teams and grinding out relatively comfortable wins. But, man... Every single game for these three weeks has just been a roller coaster of a ride, and you know now the Ravens go to Denver for a uh, you know the sight of maybe their craziest game ever with that you know Hail Mary uh, from, from Joe Flacco. So I do not know what's in store, but it's just you know starts for September. Is any uh, indication it's going to be free loco, man?
1: Was Justin Tucker motivated to make that sixty-six yarder by the fact that he missed his first ever indoor field goal earlier <laughs> in the game?
2: You know, I think this is uh, something Sam Acho, his, his former uh, Texas teammate, tweeted out afterward, which is basically there's never been a kick in Justin Tucker's life that he hasn't liked. So you put him out there to 70, he's going to go out there with an unreal amount of confidence that he's going to make it. And, you know, the, the strange story was that he, he tried a couple 65-yarders in the pregame, and on both of them he wasn't wide. He was short. So for him to go out there and get – you know the extra one and a half, two, three yards, whatever he needed, amid the just absolute din of Ford Field, with the Ravens desperately needing him to come up with something, is just a testament to you know why he's the goat. I mean, you know everyone who we talked to on the Ravens afterwards said as much. You know there's a reason why he's the most accurate kicker in the in NFL history, and now there's a reason why he's the you know longest field goal kicker in NFL history as well.
1: Right, and when you combine those two things, that's what makes you the GOAT. Uh, you can get a guy who can make field goals but might not have the leg strength, and if you need him to go over 50, it becomes an issue. You got some guys who can boom it and make them from 65, but uh, they're going to put up a 75% percentage. That's not good enough. Yeah, Justin Tucker chucks every, uh, checks every single box, and that's why he is probably the greatest kicker in the history of the game. Um and John Harbaugh is a guy who certainly has always emphasized special teams because he's a former special teams coordinator. Uh, of and course. I'm guessing he had a pretty big smile on his face because not only did they win the game, but the way the game ended.
2: Yeah, I mean, every single year the Ravens are top ten and, you know, football outsider special teams, efficiency ranking. They they do the job uh, with kick teams, with kick coverage, punt return, uh, punt coverage. They are just an extremely well-rounded unit. Obviously, Justin Tucker gets all the headlines, but Sam Cook has been doing his thing for a long, long time in Baltimore. Uh, you know, Morgan Cox was a, a Pro Bowler before they parted ways with him, their long snapper this offseason. So uh, the Ravens are very, very conscious of special teams' ability when they do their roster cutdowns. Uh, you know, that they're more likely to, to keep guys who can contribute there than maybe other teams because the Ravens do the analytics. They know just you know what leads to success, and it's a lot of the stuff that it kind of gets lost in the shuffle. And then obviously you. <laughs> Pay Justin Tucker the money uh, because he can go out there and do things like that, you know, bounce back from a 49-yarder to absolutely nail a 61-yarder. All
1: right. One one of the things, that's okay. (laughs) We'll get it down because it's going to be in the history books for a while, uh, so we need to give Justin his props. Um, One of the things that uh, the Ravens do have to try and improve on, and I understand why they're struggling. They lose not only their number one back but their top two backs in preseason for the year because of massive injuries. And they're trying to make it up as they go along, taking guys in off the scrap heap who have been released by other teams. Uh, today they didn't have, other than Lamar, anyone rushing it for more than 28 yards. Uh, Murray for 28, uh, Williams for 22, and uh, Freeman gets his first chance and gets three carries and gets all of eight yards. Can yeah. they build up their running game, or is Lamar Jackson going to be their running game and their passing game all year?
2: You know, I thought they would do a lot more than they did today, you know. I think Detroit came in with one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. Uh the Ravens were coming off just an absolute showcase against Kansas city. I thought they would build it. And uh that they didn't, you know, Detroit was was well schooled. They they the edge pretty well. And uh you know, I thought Tyson Williams probably deserved more carries than he got, but but it didn't happen for whatever reason. So, you know, it's back to the drawing board. Um I I, I don't know exactly what the uh what the answer is going to be. Um, I think Detroit was, was selling out a lot to stop the run, which you know, gave the Ravens a lot of really good looks on play action. Um, you know, Obviously not having Ronnie Stanley there at left tackle is a net negative for the line. Don't know exactly how long he'll, he'll be out for, but he's probably not coming back anytime soon. So They've just got to figure stuff out. Um, I think you can pencil them in for being a, a top-five unit uh, rushing offense-wise by the end of the, by the, end of the year. Uh, but you know, if, if they fall short there, then they've got to overcome that with, with a good passing game, which I thought, aside from one bad Lamar throw today, uh, they were they were relatively good on it, at least accuracy wise.
1: Ravens were up thirteen uh, nothing at half, and uh, you might have thought that it was going to be a cakewalk from there. It turned out to be anything but. With the Lions taking the lead in the second half with the field goal, with only a minute and four seconds to go. Uh, defensive coordinator maybe go a little bit too much conservative maybe a little uh prevent defense that let the lions get back into it i know uh the 49ers did that week one and the lions got within uh, at least an onside kick of possibly being able to get back to into a game that they were being blown out in uh what did the parties in charge of the defense have to say after the game
2: you know john harbaugh had asked if uh he thought the ravens defense ran out of gas which i think was a A fair question, you look at that second-half drive chart for for Detroit, and they only had the ball three times, but they went touchdown, touchdown, field goal, and it was long, punishing drives, man. I mean, the kind of drives the Ravens usually rack up is, like, 11 plays one drive, 12 plays the next drive, both going for 75 yards. I think they took off a combined 14 minutes off the game clock. And a lot of it was just pretty good execution by Detroit, but also some bad tackling in space by the Ravens. I mean, I think they only got gashed downfield, once uh, you know through the air, Jared Kopp was, was pretty conservative. He just put the ball in space to DeAndre to, to Swift, who had a really nice day. I think he had six or seven catches. Um, obviously, this Ravens defense uh, without Marcus Peters, of course, who's lost for the season. Uh, Deshaun Elliott missed a lot of the second half, and then you had those four guys who just didn't play at all because uh, they were on the reserve COVID list: Brandon Williams, Justin Matabike, Justin Houston, Jalen Ferguson. Three or four really strong, dependable contributors that you need against a team you know even a team as bad as Detroit. So uh, it has not been the uh, vintage Ravens defense. It certainly wasn't in that second half, but uh, they need to get things straightened out because it looks like Denver can can put up some points, man.
1: One of the things that I thought could play out today was the fact that I thought the Ravens would get some pressure on Jared Goff, who's not a real mobile quarterback. He's a stay-in-the-pocket type of guy, and the Lions' defensive line, is, uh, offensive line is both young and developing. Um, but they come away with two sacks, not near as much pressure as I thought, and Goff did have t- some time to make some plays. Not way down the field, but spread the ball around, as you mentioned, ball control, time-consuming type drives. Where was the Raven pass rush today?
2: Uh, that's a good question. That's going to be a question we're asking a lot this year. I think uh, Justin Houston has been uh, the Ravens' you know, maybe most consistent pass rusher through through two weeks, but obviously he cannot go today. Justin Matabike has flashed as an interior pass rusher. Uh, he couldn't go. Uh, Calais Campbell obviously had to, I think, take on a heavier burden, which probably helped him wear down uh, over the half. Uh, the Ravens' best hopes today were were through the blitz, which has you know been the uh, kind of the mantra under Wink Martindale, their defensive coordinator, for as long as he's been there. Um, you know, Adape Owe, who had that great game last week against Kansas City, was I think neutralized a little bit by by that Lions' O line, in particular, Pene Sewell, who I think had a pretty good game, other than uh, the one penalty. So, uh, you know, this is a Ravens' defense that's built from the uh, the back to the front, uh, but it's a it's, it's a more troubling proposition when the Ravens are dealing with as much injuries as they have. So. Uh, it's something to keep an eye on. Uh, I'm not as uh, bullish on, on the defense as I was to start the season. But, you know, uh, if they can get healthy, which they're starting to do, then, uh, you know, I think they could at least be better than they were in the second half today.
1: And here's a little weird anomaly, and we're talking to Jonas Schaefer. He covers the Raiders for the Baltimore Sun. here with us on CBS Sports Radio. And this is not uh, just the, NF, the AFC North. It's basically across the board in almost all of the divisions in football. Open up at Vegas, follow with Kansas City, interconference Detroit, next week Denver, then Indianapolis before you take on the chart. The first divisional game is until week seven <laughs> against Cincinnati. You got a whole bunch of games against uh, teams that uh, are going to make your life difficult because you got uh, no easy schedule, but. You don't get into the division till week seven against Cincinnati, and then there's going to be a flourish at the end of the year of a bunch of games against the division. Does that benefit the Ravens, or does that handicap the Ravens?
2: You know, I think it's too early to tell. Uh, one kind of pretty interesting tidbit that we got from Wink Martindale when we talked to him on Thursday was, you know, I asked him if he would rather face the Chiefs earlier in the season than later in the season, and, uh, you know, they were pretty lit up uh, by, by that Chiefs offense. They— got a couple opportunistic takeaways, but, you know, Patrick Holmes went for, I think, 11 yards per attempt, which is just absurd. And he said, yeah, you know, we, we would like to face the best offenses early because if we get that win, uh, then we can also get some pretty nice lessons about where we help defensively. And obviously, if you're dealing with guys on IR or COVID reserve, it, it's a little bit to fix them. But, I mean, you know, they are getting in the reps that they need facing a different, you know, a multitude of, of, of different offenses, uh, you know, the Lions kind of tried to muscle them over today. It didn't go that well. I think they were a little bit more effective when they spread things out. But, you know, that's how the Chiefs like to do things. But, you know, they, they need to, to get these reps in because when Justin Herbert comes down or Baker Mayfield comes down or even, you know, Joe Burrow on a good day comes down, they are going to need uh, this defense to be on a piece and cue. And uh, it was for the first half, but it wasn't for the second half.
1: Then it's the bottom line. You walk away with a win. It might not have gotten the way you wanted. might not have been pretty until the ball bounced over the crossbar, which, by the way, I do (laughs) got to ask you that before I let you go. Uh, Mm -hmm. Were you in the press box today? I was, yeah. Um, now, not every press box is dead at the 50-yard line. Some are actually uh, pretty far off the 50-yard line. So how good a view did you have of the Tucker field goal? Did you know as soon as it went up in the air after it hit the crossbar that it was going through, or during that millisecond where you were going, oh, my God, I don't know what's going to happen to this?
2: Yeah, I was probably at the 25-yard line that he was kicking into, so I had, a, I had a really good view. Uh probably one of the better views in the press box. Uh, what I remember, and I guess this is just the case for every field goal, but this one just seemed to slow down because of how long it was, is you think coming off the leg that, like, wow, that's got enough juice. And then, you know, that field goal dies a quick death. You know, that, that arc ends, <laughs> and it starts it starts to hurtle down, downward and you're just wondering, man, does this have enough juice? And then you hear that doink, and the doink can mean one of two things. <laughs> it's going over or it's getting pushed back, and this one, by the mercy of whatever higher being there is, deigned it to, to get pushed over and, uh, you know, found 20 yards in the air. Uh, just, you know, the Ravens put their faith in the football gods and the football gods say, yeah, you did enough today to get this win."
1: Yeah, I'm sure you've enjoyed the first 20 viewings of it. I hope you enjoy <laughs> the next 2,000 viewings of it just as much because we're going to be seeing it for a long period of time. Jonas, great stuff. Appreciate you coming on board with me tonight. Thanks much. Safe trip home. Have a great night. Take care. Jonah Schaefer, Ravens uh, beat writer for the Baltimore Sun, here with us on CBS Sports Radio.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better